0: This is amazing. Let's pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. This text that Tim uh, read for us today is part of like a long argument. Um uh, Some people read this text and feel a little sorry for Martha. You know, do we have any Marthas out there? You know, get the job done. You know, I don't be standing around. I want to do something. You know, faith without works is dead. Let's do something. Let's get ready. Let's make something happen. And so Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he stops by his close friends, Mary and Martha Martha welcomes him, and uh, Martha, as a, as a sign of hospitality, the ancient practice of hospitality, one of the most um, important things you can do in that day and time was, was to be hospitable, was to cook something, kind of like the South, right? So Martha gets busy doing what seems very obvious to her. She gets the pots and pans out, she starts cooking. And she's going to make some rice and lamb or whatever she's cooking back in the day. And she's back there. And Martha's getting a little bit more angry about every minute that goes by. Because Sister Mary decides, chooses, that she is going to just plop right down in front of Jesus and have a conversation with him while she's doing all the work. Now, can you imagine uh, that, the, that the pots are kind of clanging a little bit louder? And she's coming out of that kitchen. She's putting stuff on that table. The plates are slamming down. And finally, Martha has had enough. And so she goes. And you would think at this point, maybe, she would like, Mary, can I have a word with you just for a moment? Right? But no. Who does she get on? Jesus. Jesus, do you not care that I am working back here in this kitchen? And Mary is sitting here with you not doing a thing. Now that put Jesus in an awkward spot. I don't like getting, tri- you know, have you ever heard of triangulation? You don't want to get triangled into that. What's Jesus going to do? You'd think he you might say, now come on, Martha, you and Mary, y'all get along. Or maybe, Mary, go help your sister. We can talk a little later. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, I, maybe I, I, I'm going to go outside and take a walk. You know, it was just awkward, right? And you wouldn't think maybe Jesus would take a side, but he does. He looks at Martha kind of like in the Brady Bunch. You know, Marcia, 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 right? Martha, Martha, hey, Mary is sitting here with me, and she's really shown the better, that she's, she's done the better thing. Leave Mary alone, right? That's an awkward argument to have. But that's what they had. And for hundreds of years, people have been arguing about what this text really means. What does it mean? Does it mean like, hey, you know, um, Martha's uh, involved in busy work Christianity. I've heard that preached before. She just likes doing, doing, doing stuff. She's so lost in religion. She's so lost in those potlucks and the stewardship drives and all this stuff that the church is doing that she hardly has any time to pray And to just get settled. Well, that kind of makes sense. But I don't think that's maybe the complete truth. There may be a little truth in that. Have you ever known people that just get lost so much in the doing that they can never be and relax? Maybe there's a little truth in that. But remember that we worship the one who came in the flesh and he got busy, Jesus did. Right? Jesus got involved in the messy details of everyday life, you know. Jesus was not about playing a harp in a cloud or some ethereal idea that has some kind of abstract meaning. I mean, Jesus was about get your hands and get your fingernails dirty kind of stuff, right? Last week, what do we do, Jesus? I preached on it last week. Well, who is my neighbor? And who was the neighbor? It was the one who worked, showed mercy on the guy that was attacked on the side of the road, who gave his credit card to the hotel and sent him in there. I mean, it's, it's Jesus is all about doing. It can't be about that. Plus, in Martha's defense, somebody's got to boil the water and cut, cut the onions. Somebody's got to work. If we all decided we would sit around and with Mary... And, uh, and, and stare into the face of Jesus, um, nothing would ever get done. can't be that. Those of you who have these beautiful little kids, you know what I mean? What, what does it mean to love a child? Is it that you just stare at them and say, aren't they cute all the time? No. You're taking them to soccer games and putting bandages on their knee and um, you're helping them with their homework, and you're holding their hand when they get sick at night. See, so the love we show our children is connected um, to our work, and parenting is hard work. And this week, if you signed up for VBS, going to be some hard work between 6 and 8 tonight, the next night, the next night. It is work. Hunter, Emission Team, I hope you brought some work gloves with you. Sounds like you're going to be digging in that volcanic silt. In that area. Digging these wells. It's going to be work. Habitat meeting. There's going to be a habitat build. For all Methodist churches. And we're going to be hammering a nail. In the name of Jesus. Because we. Methodists believe. In acting out your faith. Not just talking about it. Not just reading about it. So. In essence, Martha's doing really nothing wrong. And there's nothing wrong with fixing food and going to the potluck and hammering a nail and setting up the thrift store to make sure it's ready. It's good. It's good and holy work. You see, Jesus was not admonishing busy Martha. Jesus is admonishing distracted Martha. Pulled in so many ways. The Greek word for distracted means just pulled apart. Got so many things to do. Got so many worries that we forget about the one thing. How many times have you been with a loved one? And maybe somebody you see every day. And maybe you've seen, you, don't, you don't get to see them very often. But you're so distracted and they leave and you hug them. And they crank up the car and they go. And you wonder... Why was I so busy and distracted? Couldn't I just sat down? Jen will remember this. When we went to Alaska, we, we served there for four years. And there was a beautiful, wonderful woman. Her name was Phyllis Sullivan. And she's, she's still there. She lives in this big octagon house near Lake Wasilla. She was from East Texas. And she and her husband, her husband was the principal of a school uh, where native Alaskans lived for decades uh, after he passed away, she moved to Wasilla, and Phyllis Sullivan. When my mom came up to see us in Alaska, invited me and Jen, and Trip. Susanna hadn't gotten on the scene yet, um, so we're there and we're walking in. You know what we had that night at Phyllis's house? You remember Jen? Bologna sandwiches, and it was the most beautiful meal. Not, not that I like bologna sandwiches all that much, but. But the reason, there was just a white bread, bologna, and mayonnaise. And it was like time stood still because Phyllis was there, very present to us, getting to know us. And it was the most wonderful times I've ever had at a prisoner's home. Not busy, but maybe distracted. Anybody here got sort of the distraction disease, I know I do. So much stuff to, I've, you know, I got to list that thing. I got to get real linear with my mind because I'm real right-minded, real artisan, you know. And, you know, if I've got more than three priorities in the day, I don't have any. And, you know, it's one of those things. If you don't, if you don't figure out what's most important that day, somebody else will figure that out for you, Right? But the stakes are too high. There are too many people in this world distraction, distracted and anxious. <laughs> church, St. Luke's. We can't afford to be a distracted church. And when I got here and looked around and talked talk with these awesome leaders that we had, I thought about a million things that we can do in the next six months. And I heard the Holy Spirit go, whoa, step back. We don't need just to be another busy church, do we? Maybe we need to do less in a deeper sense. Just do a few things well and not try to be everything to everybody. Just a few. What do we do well, St. Luke's? And how can we dive into that? I'm not saying we don't need to work hard. I'm not saying that St. Luke's, I don't want St. Luke's to be such a non-entity in your life that you're never bothered or asked to do anything Because the more people that get busy doing something, the stronger our church is going to be. The more people that share the load, many hands, make light loads. But the most important thing St. Luke's can do is to sit at the feet of Jesus and calm down and remember why we do what we do. This is not just busy work. This is deep and holy work. And there are lives at stake. Jesus calls for our full focus, whether we are are stationary or working hard. Jesus wasn't going after busy Martha. He was going after distracted Martha. This is not the contemplative life versus the active life. It is the distracted life versus the focused life. I don't know about you, but in our society, my margins keep getting tighter and tighter. I, I don't have time. I don't know if I can do that. I think I'll have to look up my schedule. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know. But boy, when I, when I get caught up in some wonder time, stand still, and I'm singular focused. Uh, for two and a half hours, I watched Elvis, right? Right? And it felt like it was 15 minutes right over here at the Capri. Why? Because I was captivated by this story of this incredibly gifted man who changed the world in a lot of ways. Sometimes if I'm lucky, sometimes if I'm paying attention, sometimes if I'm merry, I see the greatness of Jesus Christ. I see it. I see it in the face of others, somebody who's hurting Somebody who's yearning and hungry for something? I see it there. Some people say about this text that, well, last week was about the Good Samaritan. And this week, uh, it's about doing something. This week's about being still, right? And and sitting at Jesus' feet. But I'm not so sure. Because... If you say, oh, last week was about loving your neighbor and this week was about loving God, it just all blurs in there to me, you know. Hunter and Alan and Ann and others who are going to Honduras, if it's, if it's a awesome, if it's, if it's the mission trip I think it's going to be, you're not going to be real sure who you're loving, God or your neighbor, or who's loving you, God or your neighbor. And I think when we get in those Kind of kairos moments when time stands still and we're not busy and we get and the water gets to settling, it's hard to know what is what. Here's what I hope. You know, in the next, in the weeks and months and many years to come, hope we're in a congregation, we we continue to position ourselves at Christ's feet. I mean, that's really what matters. That's, that's who we are. That's what we're about. So somehow we're able to do life together at St. Luke's where each and every one of us is stirred by awe and wonder, not by ought and must and should or to do list or pots and pans. It's not about the food, it's about the focus of my life and our life. And we, our eyes are on the greatest gift, the Christ our Lord. As we study scripture, as we pray, as we sing, as we worship, as we see Christ in one another's face. Then even the details of this common work suddenly start glowing with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. That's who we are. John Wesley said, what do we do? Offer them Christ. Singular focus. Offer them Christ This past week, um, for the first time in three years, the whole Mississippi Conference, a whole bunch of clergy got together. And I'm not big on parliamentary procedure, and I get a little lost in all that because of my squirrel tendencies, right? But let me tell you what I loved. I got to see clergy. I got to see people who are doing what I'm doing right now for the first time in three years. I hugged necks. And I, I just forgot how awesome that was just to sit and be with one another and to support each other. I'll tell you, I mean, there is no such thing as a perfect denomination, but I love my connection with other people in this state who, who have the same scars that I have, who, who know what it's like in and out to be, to, to have this burning fire within your bones to... To set a church on fire in a good way, right? To set a church on fire so that other people catch something, right? And it was, it was just, it was powerful. It was powerful. I don't want to be a part of a worried and distracted church. And if I don't want to be worried about a distracted and worried church, right? If I don't want not be a part of that kind of thing, I got to be the change I wish to see in my church, I've got to to be the change I wish to see in this world. And so like Henry Nouwen said, I've got to be that non-anxious presence with a singular focus. Now, I've got some awesome family here, and I'm not going to embarrass them, but my Uncle Steve is right there, and Ellen, and uh, they're from um, Arkansas. And I come from a flying family, right? They all fly. Most everybody flies. I did not get that gene. Um, one time my dad said, Bruce, he was in the National Guard. He, this was after I didn't know what I wanted to do like we all didn't and when I was 21, 22. He said, go over there to the Air National Guard. He said, and uh, go take a test. You might be a pilot. Okay, Dad. So I go and I take the test. That general at that National Guard said, Bruce, your dad is a heck of a pilot, but you need to stay away from the cockpit. You know? My grandmother got her, solo, got her flying license, right? She was older than 60. How old was she, Steve? 61, 62? 61 years old, and my gr- nanny gets her, li- gets her license. And so it's time for her solo flight. And she takes off from Brookhaven Airport. And Big Daddy, I think, is on the radio talking to my grandmother as she's flying. All of a sudden, plane goes out. No engines. Solo flight, first time. As you might imagine, it was the last time she did a solo flight. She's looking for the roads in Pike County, finally lands on one. Big Daddy drives down to Macomb from Brookhaven. Thelma. uh, Let's look, what, what went wrong? And they looked around, and that gas needle was on E. Thelma, did you, not, you're the, did you not check the gas gauge? Oh, Houston, I thought you did that. Thelma, you are the pilot, right? You're the pilot. Checklist, it's on the thing, right? Well, I admire my grandmother for even trying something like that and love her to death. And, it, and it, uh, she was like that, very adventure, adventuresome in a lot of different ways. But I wonder how many of us, have sort of, and of course, fuel is the main thing, right? It's like the first thing that you check. When your lawnmower doesn't work, check the fuel, right? And I just wonder sometimes if we've lost the main thing. If the plane looks shiny on the outside and there's just something deeply empty on the inside, and we've sort of lost track because our margins are getting slim and we're getting busy in the chicken. I mean in the kitchen, boiling the water, Cutting the chicken, cutting the onions. Everything looks good on the outside, and yet we're empty on the inside with the one thing, with the one thing that we need the Word, the living Word, Jesus. And what do you think Mary heard at Jesus' feet with that one thing? I don't know, but I could guess. What's the word we hear from Jesus? Blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And I will be with you now until the end of the age. That is the word. That's the gas in the tank. That's what fuels us to work hard, to dig wells, keep the thrift shop going. All the things we do, we do it because we heard Jesus say, peace be with you. Not as the world gives do I give. But as I give. Do not be afraid. I still get afraid sometimes. I still worry. You may have that mastered. I don't. But I think it's human to be worried and anxious like Mary. We just don't need to be defined by it. And recognize that Jesus wants to live this life at home. And to keep that anxiety at bay. And by keeping the main thing, the main thing, incredible things can happen. St. Luke's, choose the better part, whether you're busy or whether you're resting. Let's do a few great things together. Let's don't feel like we have to do everything. God's got other churches for that, right? Let's do a few things well and live into our calling and let's remember the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing for all of us marthas and for all of us marys in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and all god's people said amen let us pray You've taught us, oh God, that the way to life is to love you with all our heart, to love our neighbors as ourselves. But we're often so overwhelmed by the swirling demands of life that we cannot truly do either one. But then, in your mercy, there's Jesus. Come to visit in our home, come to speak to us in the midst of life. Lord, as we leave this place, let us, like Mary, sit at, the fe- sit at his feet and listen. To his word that gives life. And then having heard that word. Let us like Martha. Get up to serve others. In Jesus name. Amen. I invite us to close by singing uh, our closing hymn. If there are those who would wish to join uh, St. Luke's today. I invite you to come forward um, as we sing. Let us stand and sing. Yes. What I do. Oh, yes. Oh, let me give you some instructions. Helen's going to sing the verse uh, first, and then we'll join in the second time we sing it. Thanks, Helen. Appreciate it. Two verses. We'll, get, we'll do the second one.